0: Hello and welcome to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures i'm your host joe millmine and this is episode 52 how to store your finished objects Hello everybody and welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday the 23rd of June. How are you all? I hope you're all well since last time I spoke to you. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch, particularly those of you who have been in touch about the Retro Perfume Reviews. If uh, they continue to be as popular uh, as they are at the moment, I might have to go to a weekly segment on uh, That Bad Boy. There's been some more classic uh, scents being thrown into the mix, such as Tommy Hilfiger. And um, I'm really looking forward to kind of diving in there and seeing what people have to offer on that. I did get retweeted by Tribe Perfume a couple of times this weekend, which pleased me no end, as I'm sure you can imagine. And indeed, if you were out wearing your Tribe Perfume, give me a shout. You know, let me know. It's It's all good. All good in the hood. So... What have we got coming up for you today? Well, Enablers Corner will be back along with some news on Make It Fit 2015 and we'll have the Whippin' Piccadilly section. And depending on how long it takes me to record all of this and judging by my usual performance in the knitting front it won't be that long on Whipping Piccadilly. I might even throw in another perfume review for you. So, kick back. Get yourself a gin and tonic because it's that kind of day, and we'll crack on with the show. So we'll start off the way we always start off, and that's with a little bit of news. I know quite a few of you this weekend will be heading off to Woolfest, which is taking place in Cumbria on Friday and Saturday of this week, and I won't be going to Woolfest I've never been to Woolfest in fact which is a bit of a strange one in complete fairness Um, but I would love to hear what is um, going on and how it was and all the interesting gossip from the event so I'm looking for a roving reporter and looking for someone to come onto the show and tell us all about what went on in the next episode so if you think that could be you get in touch and give me a show and we'll have a chat about getting you on the show to give your rundown of Wolf as soon as I won't be there and I feel it is my duty to help spread the word about these Yarny events to people if you want to be in on that and come on the show and have a bit of a giggle with me and possibly partake in a, a little retro perfume review as well then get in touch at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com In other news the has been a winner drawn finally. I'm sorry, I completely forgot about this, Um, and I will hold my hands up because that's the kind of person I am. There was a competition in episode 48, I think, to win a Shaun the Sheep kit from Rowan along with a project bag, along with a project bag made by my very own Fair Hands. And I finally realised I had not indeed given this away when I went into my yarn vault and uh, saw them still sat on the prize shelf. So I did a little draw and the winner was number 26, who is Stitchy Ally, And she said, her favourite sheep breed, ooh, tough choice. Love knitting and spinning with BFL and Shetland, but love the way Herdwick sheep look. They're so cute. So Ally, you have won that prize, including a custom handmade project bag by my very own hands and uh, get in touch your address and i will get that off to you don't forget please there is a giveaway ongoing uh, for the tin can knits and rainbow heirloom joint giveaway which finishes on this sunday the 28th of june and that is for two skeins of Rainbow Early Merino Light in the colourway Snowmelt, which is a lovely minty green colour, and a copy of the Tin Can Knits Max and Bodie's Wardrobe. A lot of you have already entered, but if you're on the fence, if you're umming and ahhing about it, or you've forgotten to do it until now, you only have till Sunday to enter. So please get over to the Groupon Ravelry and pop your entry in the thread there. In other news, um, there will be a short break coming up in the podcast call it a holiday if you will um over summer the it will probably be probably be split into a couple of chunks just because um both Claire and I have a lot of um freelance work ongoing and books and all sorts of things that are going to be coming out that we're working on and um to keep all of that ticking over nicely and to keep all the content and everything uh, fresh and interesting i'll be having a little break i will announce the dates of that once i have firm them up with claire but there will definitely be at least one more episode before we have a short it will only be a couple of weeks um break in in the um short schedule just uh to give us a bit of uh, breathing space and let us reset for the next kind of six months really it's. um Doing a weekly show, can it does come with its own challenges in terms of managing all of the workflows and all of the extra things that you need to do in the background to produce the show on a weekly um, schedule. And I really enjoy doing it weekly because I like talking to you guys. It's quite good fun. But obviously in summer as well, a lot of people go away. They go on holiday. People are here, there and everywhere. Children are off school causing uh, mayhem. And um, it just seems like a good time to just have a little bit of a reset and plan all of our content for the second half of the year for the sock surgery and for other things that are gonna be ongoing. So I will let you know how all of that goes and um, keep you informed as to when you can expect that break to happen. So I think without further ado, we better go on to e Corner. <laughs> So this week in Enablers Corner I'm going to enable you to another knit along because that's how we roll and this knit along is being run by Knit British and Brit Yarn and it is the Scully Along. Everyone needs a good cardigan knit along in summer and this one is uh, no exception. I won't be taking part in this one because I have, I really have enough projects on the go but I'm, I'm doing quite well with my knitting really. Um, but for all... Those of you who love a good knit-along, um, this is a Scully-along. Scully is a pattern designed by Karina Westman. And it was originally designed for one of the knitting magazines. I think it might have been knit now. And the rights have come back to carry. And the cardigan was named after Louise Scully of the Knit British podcast. Um, and they've decided they're going to do a knit-along. And Isla from Brit Yarn is going to get in on it too. So, if you want to take part of it, the sign up thread opened on the 22nd of June, so you can go and sign up now, and they're going to be doing a virtual cast on party on the 17th of July, so you've got plenty of time to get all of your materials together and get yourself all sorted and swatched and everything else, because swatching doesn't count as casting on, because that's preparation. And that is my um, excuse for any swatching that I need to do. I've stopped casting everything on just started swatching everything now instead. But, um, what... Brit Yarn are also offering is 10% off any DK yarn until the 28th of June 2015 which is this Sunday so be quick and that is with the code DK 15 I'll put that um in the show notes so um there's plenty of lovely DK yarns there there's some from Blacker that I quite fancy um there's a Welsh meal that could be quite nice and you've got your um Leoness, you've got Ma- wendy masham you've got the long Walsh, um wednesday long Walsh sheep shop is also coming on in at 10 percent off so there's plenty of choice there dare i say it even if you're not knitting the scully cardigan but you fancy a bit of a dk splurge uh you could sneak in there and uh, take advantage of that so that is the scully along which is signing up now over in i think the brit yarn Group. I'll put a link in the show notes to the blog post announcing it all and things so you can go over there and find it if you don't listen to um, Knit British already which I'd imagine you probably do if you listen to me and um, you can get involved with that also in the enabling corner we have some make it fit 2015 news now we've got some cool interviews um lined up we're just trying to work out the schedule with a few choice people who are going to be coming on and giving us their points of view on making clothes to fit and we did a measure up last week at Edinburgh yarn Yarn festival i say that every time don't i Indie Brian crawl um which was hilarious and uh we had quite a few people come along to be measured and it's really strange because everyone was completely different sizes and nearly every person commented on the tops of their arms and that's just something that never really, I've never really felt the need to go look how big the top of my arm is or jiggle any any of my arm parts. Um, but it, every person said it was really strange. Um And most of the realms look completely fine to me, in fairness. And uh, yeah, it's really weird. You think you have some ideas before you start and then you see how things are different in real life. It's been really interesting and got some really positive feedback from all of those people who came and took part. So thank you to you all. And if you would like to take part online and give in your uh, vital statistics to be put through our statistical machine um, you can do so. We have got a SurveyMonkey survey live at the moment and I'll put a link for that in the show notes. And we've decided on a specific set of measurements and there are far more measurements than we've decided on taking, but there comes a point where you can measure the measure, the measure, the measure. It could go on forever. So we had to like put a limit on it somewhere, but these should be fairly standard measurements in terms of things that you can easily change to achieve the fit that you're looking for, but maybe not incredibly precise fit. Um, But they should all be achievable for everyone, which is what we really wanted to aim at. Um, We don't take any specific personal details, we don't link you to your numbers, Um, it's all anonymous and it's just to give us an idea of of what is actually out there, what size are people, do they bear any resemblance whatsoever to to close in the shops. For instance, one person said that she only ever wears skirts because she can't get trousers to fit. And that's a problem that I have as well, is that I'm fairly blessed, shall we say, in the arse department, to quote And um But I've got a little waist, which means that if I get jeans to fit round my derriere, um, there inevitably is several inches hanging off at the back of my waist. Um, so maybe I should just take to wearing skirts all the time. If only I didn't live in Northern Scotland and it wasn't freezing, um. Still, then then maybe I could do that. But there, I mean, we're already finding some really interesting findings just from the ones that we've taken, and it would be really interesting to see how people's body shapes change compared to where they're from in the world. Because obviously, not everybody could get to Edinburgh, but from where you are in the world, you can easily get on the internet and put your measurements in and we might find that there is some kind of trend between different areas in the world i will put the link for that in the show notes as i say and um it should be fairly self explanatory um but i'm sure at some point we will be following a blog post of exactly how to do that um and what measurements are where uh, mostly when I get someone to actually take pictures I need three people to, to do it one to measure, one to be a model and one to take pictures and that's proving difficult at the moment so um, we'll get onto to that as soon as but it is fairly fairly well explained so if you get stuck on any of it give us a shout at makeitfit2015 at gmail.com we'll be only too delighted to help and um, we're looking forward to bringing some more stuff to you and some great kind of interviews and guest specials um, as time goes on the schedule may flux a little bit because lovely louise is going to be moving house soon so we will work around that and as you've heard i'm going to be quite busy in the next couple of months as well potentially moving house potentially doing a lot of stuff fighting against the council and the government and all sorts of other um choice things that i choose to doing all this spare time that i don't have and um, (laughs) i'm never one to back down from a fight um yeah so it will it may be slightly flexible schedule wise over the summer period but i think a lot of people are as i've already said are away and they're doing stuff anyway and then once we get into september and everything's settled down again and um, we'll be going at it hammer and tongs if you will <laughs> to get everyone into knitwear that fits um by winter so that's make it fit 2015 and the scolay along details in the show notes let's crack on to whipping piccadilly <laughs> So, we've been figured um, I've been doing a bit of knitting since last time I spoke to you. Making a more concerted effort to achieve on the knitting front. I got some good tips from some of the more seasoned veterans in terms of how to actually get progress and how to fit little bits of knitting into your everyday life. So that overall, the kind of compound effect of all these little bits of um, these odd rows here and there can kind of bring a project to fruition, if you will. It certainly seems that as the mill miners get older, it should be a little bit easier, and um, particularly once you start doing all these extracurricular activities where you have to be there, but you don't actually have to take part, you just need to be there. I'm quite looking forward to that. It could be some good, solid knitting time. I did get a bit of knitting done on the train journey down to Edinburgh as well, uh, because surprisingly, it's only like hundred and four. well, probably a bit more, 200 miles, I guess, to Edinburgh from where I live in Scotland, and it takes four and a half hours on a direct train, more like five on one where you have to change, which is most of the trains, in all honesty. And um, it's 200... 20 230 from Wigan in my house in Wigan but it only takes three hours on the train because of the west coast Line. it's crazy it's not even in the same country but yet it's quicker to get there but the upshot of a lot of train time and a slow journey is plenty of knitting time now obviously you know I did spend some of that being chatted up by a five-year-old Um, it's a tough old life eh? you know being just such an object of desire to small children what can i say i wasn't even wearing primary colors because then you could kind of understand it um but i also got quite a bit of knitting done as well um both on the train and over the course of the weekend so um i you might have seen it on instagram i have cast on another lush but this one is a small child lush it is for the beast Because she does need a cardigan that fits her for school. And um, I've had this yarn in the stash for a while. And if I knit this cardigan, then that'll be five balls that are not in the stash anymore. Uh, Which is is always a good thing, I think. And um, I'm knitting it in Adrephil Mirage. Which is a 50% wool, 50% acrylic blend. It's two quid a ball. And it is illuminous pink. And, um, as I said, I'm knitting the Lush Cardigan by Tin Can Knits. I've gone for, I think, age five to six or maybe six to seven. She's quite big. She's very tall for a just-turned-four-year-old. Certainly much bigger than uh, this animal is. He's a little kind of compact unit. (laughs) Although... Considering he's really small, he's massively sort of climby and monkeyish. He can climb on things that really, looking at the length of his legs, he shouldn't be able to, but he just can. He's got his like monkey ability, as well as being a ninja assassin. Because she's taller, she's a bit more clumsy, um, but it means obviously because she's quite tall, uh, she goes through clothes a lot faster. So I thought I will go for something a little bit more affordable and five, but t- a tenner for a cardigan it's 50% wool it's not bad really and obviously once it comes to we're past midsummer day now once it comes to October in Scotland it'll be dark at half three or whatever so having a neon pink cardigan could prove quite useful in terms of road safety so like I said I don't think she even likes pink anymore but she's getting one anyway And um, I've just finished the yoke on that. I did some on the train and some over the weekend at Indiebury Yarn Crawl. I did find a much better way to do the provisional cast on for this. Um, And I'm not sure if I mentioned it when I did my own losh. The first time I did the yoke, I got really aggravated because it, it didn't line up properly, the stitches. And the stitches, in fairness on this, still don't line up properly. And it is a triangle shape at the back, so you can see it. Um and because it's part acrylic it's not as stretchy you can't really blag it out like you could do with um, with 100% wool yarn um, but it'll do for hair you know it's not going to be a massive deal but I use the um, provisional cast on over two needles so you, you cast on to one and you hold another cable needle on with it as well so you knit one side instead of crocheting and then picking it up and unwrapping the, unzipping the crochet and picking up all the stitches it, you just literally pick up the other needle and start knitting it's already there for you and it seems a lot neater a lot better way to do it so and um, that's worked out quite well and as i've knitted it once already i'm i'm fairly well there with the old uh, pattern memorization so that's just been pseudo blocked as blocked as you can block a an acrylic thing and um i'm going to be picking up the bits and bats for the collar and the body soon on that one um much quicker in a kid's size the yarn is not too bad in fairness the illuminous pink does please me no end i'm a massive fan of neon yarns neon realness as the westie would say and um bargainous price not the finest quality merino in the world or wool in the world if indeed it is merino um obviously it is part acrylic, uh, not used to knitting with budget yarn if I'm completely honest without it, it's like a right stuck up cow Um, it's been a long time since I've knitted with anything that's a bit more multi-purpose than stuff that's nice for me that I want to knit with because it's lovely. Having said that I think it will wear extremely well particularly given that it's going to get a bit of a pump in from um her Madge, because she likes to play, she likes to play hard, so, um, and once she sees it, she'll want it on all the time, because that's what she's like, so it should turn out fairly well. I'll let you know how you, how we get on with it, and uh, see what she thinks once it's knitted up. She said she doesn't like pink anymore, pink is Leah and Lily's favourite, her favourite's purple, well guess what, there's no purple in Mummy's stash, so you're having pink, Um, but we'll see, if I pop some purple buttons on it, I'll probably get away with it. And she's so sort of changeable. She'll change her mind again anyway, back to pink by next week. So it's all good. So that is Lush by Tink Can Knits. The pattern is available separately and as part of um Handmade in the UK, the book. And it goes from baby's eyes all the way up to big. So it's the kind of pattern that you get a lot of um a lot of use out of, which is good. good. I also picked up my owls jumper. It's been maturing steadily for two years plus now and i've decreased down to the worst i'm starting from the increases from the worst now just randomly picked it up one night last week and decided i wanted to knit on it and uh, i have done not the most inspiring knitting experience in uh, rowan british sheep breeze with wooden knit pro needles because i'm used to working with the lovely higher hires and chowgoos now um but i didn't have the right sizes so i had to go to wood and um it's making my hands a little bit achy because I'm just not used to working with that sort of friction anymore. Um, but it's fine for TV knitting and actually I could probably do with the jumper right now. It's not that warm. I've got a fleece on sat in my spare room considering putting the heating on. So um could go quite well but it is obviously quite fast because it's chunky yarn once you sit down and do it. So Owls Along Progress has happened there with the Owls by Kate Davis. I've also swatched, I told you I was into swatching, for some stuff. I swatched for Malone by Anne Kingston. Again, a pattern that I've had for a long time, yarn that I've had for even longer. Um the swatch is beautiful. I love how that that swatch has come out, and I really enjoy knitting with the um Nurturing Fibres Super Twist sock yarn. I think it's it's just a really good knitting experience. I enjoy it. But it's come out, it's bang on gauge, you don't need to do any work really, you just need to measure all the the bits and check that I'm there or thereabouts filling all my little numbers on the pattern, but it starts off with like a three hundred odd raw i cord. Can't be asked. Don't want to. Don't want to cast it on. Three hundred odd raw i cord. When you cast it on, no, 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 Anne. No, 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 no. It's meant to be something dead easy and quick reward, like you know, a couple of inches of rib or something. I cord to cast on. What are you doing to me? So I need—I just need to get on with it, really. I need to woman up and just um, just get on with that. Again, easy TV knitting, so I should just do it, really. And once it's done, I'm sure I'll wear it loads. just need to get that eye cord done. I also um, picked up again my Guardian Angel, which is by Sally Cameron, who is Pink Hair Girl on uh, Ravelry. She's been on the show before, talking about writing a knitting book. And that has been on the needles for over two years. And I was picking up the edging for a long time, and I picked it up on the train. I somehow managed to get the wrong stitch count on the first row, probably because I was a bit tired. And and when you you know when you first start experimenting with knitting and you pick projects and yarns, and you maybe not the best advised pairing in the world because it is a four ply pattern. I'm knitting it in lace weight. I'm not sure it's exactly going to work out. But I thought it would when I cast it on two years ago. But now I'm a little bit more experienced. I'm kind of doubting whether it is going to work out after all. Um, but I'm so far down the line now. I don't really want to not finish it. I really should just get on with it and just grit my teeth and get through it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see with that one. It's been put down. It's not been picked back up again since. I was sort of bullying myself into doing it. By taking that on the train and not having anything else. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if I just followed the instructions. Anyone see a theme here? If I followed the instructions on the pattern, I wouldn't be getting myself into this kind of trouble. But anyway, what have I finished? i finished some stuff. I can't remember if I told you last time. So, I'm just going to tell you again. I finished my hap for the hap along. I did Ace Light by Gudrun Johnston. And I knitted it in Nurturing Fibers Super Twist Sock, which is 100% High Twist Merino. And it was in the colourway Owl House, which was um, a special Colours from Africa colourway. It was a limited edition one that was inspired by outsider art and a place called the Owl House in South Africa. Beautiful to work with, lovely yarn, lovely crisp stitch definition. The bird's eye lace was a pain in the body to do. Everyone seemed to struggle on the bird's eye lace, even though it wasn't a particularly difficult thing. Everyone ended up ripping it back at some point and I managed to get it done. Loving the colour changes throughout the project. The the knitted on edging at the end was a little bit soul destroying. I'm not going to lie to you. And there was a tiny bit of fudgery around the point. Even though I'd counted everything beforehand and followed the instructions. It wasn't 100% right. But I fixed it and um, cast it off. It has blocked out to be a really reasonable size. And I wore it to uh, Indie Yarn. Crawl and got lots of compliments on it the one thing I would say is um, I ended up with 50 grams of 150 grams gain left over so instead of using the 440 yards it said I was going to need I used 380 so actually I could have done I was only about 30 yards short for the big size which was meant to be 550 um, so I would easily have had enough to do the larger size now that granted the larger size may have blocked out to be the size of a blanket so it could be a blessing in disguise however when you get a skin that is that length that is a very specific dye style with very long color repeats it's difficult to see exactly what I'm going to use that for now I've only got 50 grams of it left so I was a little bit cross. That there was such a big difference between what it should have used and what it did use. Because I generally knit to gauge. So just something to be aware of is that the yarn called for is quite a lot more than what you will probably actually use. But the pattern was fun. The finished object is beautiful. I'm really pleased with the finished object. I'm just cross that I didn't use all the yarn. And it's been suggested i could knit another one and i do have the coordinates to go with it the orange and the pink so i could knit another one but i don't know whether my kind of pick-headed annoyance will get in the way of me doing that now so we'll see we'll see but i've used some of it at least and uh, got a beautiful beautiful um finished object out of it that yarn does have excellent stitch definition and when you block it it's really crisp um and it really kind of stands, it holds the block really well because it's a super twist, you see all the lovely stitches in there, it's brilliant for cables and stuff and the bird's eye lace does look amazing Um, I just wish I could have used it all really, in one big glorious amazing project so that was um Ace Light by Gudrun Johnston and I've also knocked out a quick Lapsang another one, my most knit pattern ever, Lapsang is pattern for a hat it's by our very own Claire Divine who you will know from the show And it takes one skein of um, chunky baby alpaca. I use um, Eden Cottage Whitfell Chunky, which is 100% baby alpaca. And um, you get a normal size hat in the medium and about half a pom pom out of one skein. So you do need really an extra skein to do two pom-poms if you do the pom-poms the size that i do the pom-poms and i think i use six and a half mil the clover pom-pom makers at six and a half mil but to make a proper sizable pom-pom you do need really an extra skein to 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 augment what you've got left now i was going to put a synthetic pom-pom on it and i looked all over edinburgh to find one but i couldn't find one so i had to make one Because I did find a pom-pom, but it wasn't synthetic. And it was so lovely that I decided I needed to keep it myself. So that's what I did. And um, this was a present for one of Sammy's teachers who was leaving school. I have warned the other teachers that under no circumstances will anyone else ever get a baby alpaca hat. So stop leaving. Um, And it went down really well. She seemed to really like it. So um, again, it's it's so quick and dead easy. You know, it's a really simple pattern to memorise. It's proper kind of potato chip knitting really if you're a brand newbie there's enough in it to keep you interested without it being too difficult um always looks impressive when you hand it over as a gift especially if it's in something beautiful like baby alpaca and it's nice and soft Um, you can have it done in a night two nights max. you can get um there's a pattern for a matching cowl to go with it so it's brilliant for christmas knitting Um, can't really fault the pattern and it's written beautifully because because Claire's written so it's all really clear and really easy to follow, really nicely laid out, none of this crunching up of letters and numbers that you see in a lot of patterns. Um, so highly recommended. That is Lapsang by Claire Divine. In terms of aspirational knitting, I have got a few things that I would quite like to do. Um, but I'm tempering myself, I'm just I'm just doing the swatching. This has become my new thing. Someone recommended it as a kind of solution for startitis and instead of just starting things and then casting them aside once you're bored which a lot of us do if you just swatch for projects instead it's like constructive you know you're going to need to know that information whether or not you get a bit of a kick out of casting on but you're not just going to skim it to one side when you get bored because you'll have your swatch you know exactly how it's going to behave so i've been doing that instead so that is whipping piccadilly for this. Um, for this week, and um, hopefully I'll have some more progress to report to you next time, maybe even a finished object. Lush, you're going down. Now, of course, all of this making stuff and getting things done and finishing objects and everything else is all one well and good, but what do you do with them when you're finished? How do you store them? Does it just become a stash storage problem that transfers into a finished object storage problem? Do you just knit and give it all away? I know some people that give a lot of knitting away. And I saw a question on Ravelry basically alluding to just this. The person had... small apartment and they have all the finished objects and they have their piles of sweaters and shawls and whatever else they're knitting um, on the desk and eventually one pile became two piles became three became I don't have enough space anymore and it got me to thinking about how to store finished objects because despite my alarmingly slow rate of progress when it comes to knitting I actually do have quite a few knits lying around and quite a few things that have been made by other people lying around, like my lovely hand-woven scarves by Dorothy Stewart, for instance, that currently live in... They're 100% silk, so they live in the box in the drawer where the knit accessories live. Now, as I've already said, the stash storage problem is sort of taken care of in the walk-in wardrobe in the spare room, a.k.a. the yarn vault. And within that, the um, I have sev- several um, plastic tubs from Ikea and Argos. You know, any plastic tub will do. And the yarns are communing in their respective tubs with their mates, having a bit of a laugh. It's all shelved out, so they're all neatly stacked on there. That's no problem at all. But for the finished knits, it can be a little bit of an issue. So, what ways are there to store your finished knits. Now you could get yourself a sort of ottoman chest type affair and store your knits in that at the end of your bed. Get rid of the blankets, put the knits in there. Likewise, quite often now people use trunks as coffee tables. And again, a perfect opportunity to put some knits in there. Other people have suggested using a similar idea on a smaller scale for side tables in your living room etc or even bedside tables which will work you could get rid of some of your store-bought clothes and uh, put units in their place instead have a good cull. make sure that everything in your wardrobe is exactly what you want i'm not in any way encouraging you to con marry the you know the hell out of your uh your closet or um your walk-in wardrobe, as we call it in the UK. But it's an option. If you get rid of some of the stuff you don't use much, you'll have much more space for all of your lovely hand-knitted goods. Some people go to the extent of having special cedar furniture and storage solutions built because they have so many lovely sweaters and they have a moth problem that they want to protect them. And one way of doing that is to store them in a cedar chest or storage solution. When you're storing your knits putting scented soaps or lavender sachets or um you could put moth balls in but it's a bit old-fashioned um into the boxes with the knits can help to protect them from moths if you have the kind of moths that eat wool and cashmere and not the other kind of moths which don't um, and obviously that has the benefit of making your knits smell nice when you take them out again some people advocate putting them in vacuum bags, which you can do, but storing natural fibres in an airless environment um, can alter the effect, um, alter the appearance, and the colour and the, the feel of, of the yarn because you're obviously meddling with the moisture levels in there because air isn't circulating and it is a natural fibre, so it does need air to circulate around it. But what was another interesting take on the idea of how to store your finished objects was how to not create so many finished objects for yourself in the first place. So what turning from basically how do I store all this awesome stuff I've made went from that to, well, you're always going to have loads of stuff because you're doing a craft which produces loads of stuff. You start with stuff, you make something, you've still got stuff at the end of it. If you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing things that are too quick and easy. So maybe what you ought to do is give some consideration to slowing down your craft. So therefore you're not producing as much and therefore the storage problem is less apparent. Because you're taking raw materials and you're making them into something and they're going into something else. or so they're going away or it's taking you longer to make them. Which I guess... You know, it is a fair point. We're, I, I don't believe that we're crafters. I think we're all collectors and we just collect things. So whether you're collecting yarn or you're collecting finished object, you're still a collector. Um, But I have one reply that I would like to share with you about the whole kind of storage of craft versus the whole essence of how you do the craft and what craft you're taking part in. This is from J. Lee GB on Ravelry and it said I know your original question is in regard to storage but due to the nature of this craft storage itself may be only part of a larger whole. Having a finite amount of storage in a craft that creates tangible objects you may have to alter the process or intention of the finished object. Number 1. Have you considered more challenging projects like shawls Patterns with beads or lace work, as these are more intricate they will keep your hands plenty busy but may extend the time it takes you to finish a project, thereby creating less finished objects but more intricate ones. Good plan, but if you've got a stash in your house it's same thing, isn't it really you're still storing? Um what about number two, sorry, what about a blanket throw or two? Again, these will take a bit of time to complete, keeping your hands busy with the project, but fewer finished objects. A beautiful throw with a cable pattern, maybe. Number three. Maybe try color work. Ravelry has tons of patterns for colorwork mittens that are amazing. Same concept as the previous two suggestions, keeping your hands busy, but with the intricacy of color work, the time to finish a project is extended, thereby creating fewer finished objects. Number four. Consider charity knitting, chemo caps, red scarf project, prayer shawls or shoulder shawls for nursing home patients. Number five, special projects for family or friends' birthdays or holidays. Number six, a friend of mine began spinning her own yarn because she was experiencing storage issues. Again, since she was spinning and plying the yarn, it extended the time it took to create a finished object. But the process kept her hands busy. Don't know about you, I can see some fundamental flaws in number six. (laughs) But it's an interesting concept in terms of if... But it depends how you go about your craft. If you buy things because you like them and you know you'll use them at some point, none of those suggestions are going to help you because you're always going to buy that yarn. You're going to have to store it. So whether it's knitted up or in a skin, you're still storing it because you still want it and it's still in your house. If you're the kind of super... Restrained person that does that thing where they have like one or two skeins sitting, but they go and buy yarn specifically for a project. I could see some of those suggestions being quite useful because of the way you operate when you're doing your crafts. But what I would be lovely, uh, what would be lovely, and what I would be interested um, to hear is how do you store your finished objects? There's a lot of talk about flashy stash and flashy stash storage, but not as much about how to store your finished objects. So. Get in touch please, shinybeesinfo at gmail.com Send me some pictures, give me your opinions If you've got any thoughts on the nature and physics of craft as a whole or craft where you produce tangible objects like we do as knitters and crocheters, spinners, weavers, dyers um, Let me know Well I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week I do have some outtakes from my little Britannic Majesty Helper and got some of her thoughts on Neon Pink Yarn that will play after the outro music, uh, for those of you that are interested to hear what she's got to say about that, for anyone that's not, it's after the music so just don't listen past then. But. All that remains for me to say is thank you very much for listening. I always appreciate that and hope you all have a great week. Happy crafting and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided via Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I
1: need a drink.
0: So Mummy's been knitting something for you. What is it? What is it? It's called, it's called Lush by Tin Can Knits. It's a cardigan. What do you think of the colour of this?
1: It's very, very pink, but it's not my favourite. It's not your favourite. What's your favourite colour? Purple. Purple. But when we finish
0: this one for you, in in pink, will you wear it? Mm.
1: Finish it in blue, put it in blue and purple too.
0: Well, I've started it in pink now. What bits do you want in blue and what bits do you want in purple?
1: And pink in the middle with it. Pink in the middle with it.
0: So a, a a a cardigan all this colour of pink, will you wear it?
1: Yeah, but I just want it You made it with blue, pink and purple.
0: Oh, blue, pink and purple now. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't want much, do you?
0: What do you think of this one? This yarn is Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you describe it?
1: Yeah.
0: What does it it's, look like?
1: Um, it looks like soft wool, like. Like lion's hair, like lion's hair. Yeah, yeah, like such a lion's hair. Oh, okay. Have you touched many lions? Huh?
0: Have you touched many lions' hair?
1: Um, well, Um, when I was little and a little, I touched lion's hair. But then it looks very, very soft. Does it? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. what colors can you see in this? Mm I can see yellow. And purple and blue and green and red. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Mhm. It's called licorice all
0: sorts. Mummy's gonna make a jumper out of it. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um. What about a t-shirt with a um, heart coloured in purple? Did and it... and I want the big big the heart on on a pink jumper. You want a heart on a pink jumper? Uh. Uh, because I because I love it. I want a purple heart on a pink jumper.
0: A purple heart on a pink jumper. Yeah. Right. Well, shall I look around for you. See what I can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for coming on the show today, Izzy. I don't know. You're
1: gonna say bye. Where? To the microphone. Bye, little microphone. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha